Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. He is worthy of all honour. He is worthy of all glory. And we're in a season where giving space for God to come and fill, to come and change, reorientate, shape, determine who we are, how we live, how we live as worshippers to honour Him in our lives, to live in a reverence and an awe of who he is. To live in the fear of the Lord, a reverence and an awe of who he is in the way we live, not just in a meeting, but in the way that we live. And we want to honour him. We want to honour who he is. He is the Holy One. He is the Glorious One. And we want to give reverence and honour to Him every moment of our lives. That when we come and worship in a meeting like this, we come with adoration. We come prepared to give Him our best. We come to worship the Ancient of Days. We come to worship the Everlasting Father. We come to worship the one who is majestic in holiness. He's awesome in glory. The working of wonders. He is the King of kings. He is the majesty. That doesn't mean we become heavy because God is not heavy, but He is weighty. We present ourselves to you afresh this morning, Father. We present ourselves this morning, as your word says, as living sacrifices. We come as living offerings. As your word says, we've now become living temples, living stones that carry, that house your presence, that house and carry your glory. That you've made us holy, as your word says, we've been set apart from the world. We've been set apart from the spirit of this age. That you have put a different spirit on the inside of us. You have put your spirit, your nature, your character is now on the inside of us, Jesus. And we want to honour you. the Holy One, the Glorious One, the Majestic One, the One who is worthy of all glory, all praise, all worship, all adoration. Sunday morning can easily mean attending a meeting, but we don't want to attend church. We want to be 
the body of worshippers, those true worshippers that Jesus spoke about in John 4, where he says the Father is seeking true worshippers, those who worship in spirit and in truth. They're the worshippers the Father is seeking. We worship in spirit and truth when we sing and we encounter God like this. We, it's got to be by the Spirit and in the truth of who He is. But He's also called us to live by the Spirit in the truth in our lives as worshippers. Jesus was talking about a difference between the religious culture of the day where they did outward actions of worship. And he said, no, the Father is going to, you're going to be someone who is full of the Spirit and truth and therefore you're, you're, God's going to come on the inside of you. That's a true worshipper. Somebody who has God on the inside of them, walking with Him, acknowledging Him, dependent on Him, listening to Him, responding to Him, walking in His ways, walking in obedience, walking by faith, working through love. That's a worshipper. The fragrance of our lives is different than, the, different than the fragrance of the world. And we want to cultivate that worshipping lifestyle. We want to cultivate the fragrance of Christ in us. That when we come together, there's such an aroma of the reality and the presence and the tangibleness of God amongst us that things just start happening in our lives. We encounter God. Depression is lifted off. Sickness goes. It has to flee. Stuff that's coming against us has to retreat because it's broken. Why? Because of the, the tangible presence of God amongst us. It's called the glory of God. The reality of God as He comes amongst His people, that He inhabits Himself amongst us. There's God breaking out of His people because there's a, a hunger, a desire, an honouring of who He is in our lives. That when we come together, we see an outworking of how we live day to day throughout the week. That we come together, there's a release of God amongst us because there's a release of God in us during the week. There's a fresh cry, a fresh hunger that is rising in the church, in many churches, but we want that to be in amongst us as a body. A fresh cry and a longing and a hunger that breaks out of any religiosity. It breaks out of any form. It breaks out of any tradition. And it says, Father, have Your way amongst us. Do what You want to do, Holy Spirit, in me, in us, amongst us and through us. The limits are off, the barriers are down, the walls have gone, the lid is off. There's a fresh release of who You are, Father. There's a fresh cry that rises up. Those rivers of living water, the wells have been speaking about. That well making sure it's fully open so that living water can flow, that living worship can flow, that lifestyle of a worshipper can be released. of who God is, is in you. If you're a believer here today, if you know Jesus today, you have the full power of who God is within you. When He took you from sin and He broke the power of that from your life and brought you into Him, and He filled you with His Holy Spirit. He put the fullness of His life on the inside of you so that you are full of His life, full of His power. When, when He put His Spirit in you, He breathed into you like He did with Adam when He formed Adam out of the dust of the earth. And then He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life. It, it, yes, it was for, for Him to come alive in the natural, but also God breathed Himself into Him because He said, we're going to make man in our likeness, in our image. 
God had no physical form. So it wasn't the physical form that was His likeness. It was when He breathed into Him, the likeness and the image of God went onto the inside of Adam and Adam stood up in unity and oneness with, the, with God the Father, the Son as the Word and the Holy Spirit. And you have the same Spirit if you know God here today. And when He breathes into our life, He doesn't just breathe to give us a bit of breath. He breathes Himself. His nature, His character, His life, His power. And each one of us who knows God, we have the fullness of His life and His power on the inside of us. And when we humble ourselves in the way that we live our lives, surrendering our thoughts to His, our desires to His, our longings to His, our day to His, our time to Him, our marriage, our family, our kids, our workplace, everywhere we go, when we submit ourselves to Him and we humbly walk before Him, saying, I lay aside my opinions, I lay aside this, that and the other. Father, I want to live with Your heart, with Your mind, the way You see people, the way You see life. When we humble ourselves and we honour Him who is in us, we honour His presence in our lives, we honour His Word and the truth and the power of His Word that is over our thinking, our understanding. When we, like when Jesus was honoured, there was a release of His power. But when the people didn't honour Him, there was a, a restriction in what He can do. He could only do a few healings and a few things. Whereas when the people honoured Him, man, there was a release of heaven on earth. There was a release of His power. And you have the full power of God, the life of who He is on the, it doesn't matter who you are, young or old, whether you might have known God for a week or whether for many decades, you have the same life and the same power on the inside of you. And God wants to release that power out, that release that life of who He is out to those around us in our homes and families, workplace, community, wherever we go, that we are these wells of living water, these wells of living water, these wells of salvation as to who He's made us as believers. Those rivers of life flow out with His power. And how many of you know that nothing can stand against His life and His power? talking about Christianity here. We're talking about living as the body of Christ, living as the church in the earth. This is who we are in Christ. This is who we are as the body. When we gather together, we gather to humble ourselves before Him and to honour Him and worship Him and lift His name high. Because you know, when His name is exalted, his name and His Word is exalted. Things get released. Things happen. Stuff happens in our lives. When we exalt Him over challenges, over issues, over sickness, over whatever's going on, as we exalt His name and His Word over that, it, it allows Him to come and move in those situations. Father, we praise You. We honour You. Holy Spirit, we need You. How many of you know you need the Holy Spirit afresh every morning? The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. What does that mean? There's a fresh release of Him in our lives. Every morning for every day, there's a fresh release of His life for that day. Because Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worries of its own, enough to deal with. And so he's, He says His mercies are new every morning. So when we get up, we say, God, I thank You that I live in, the, in Your mercies today, what does that mean? God's mercies allow Him or enable Him to release all of His goodness into our lives. 
So what does He do? He releases everything we need for today, for today. And then when we come to tomorrow, He'll release everything you need for, to, to, for tomorrow in tomorrow. But today, we wanna live in the fullness of who He is today. We wanna take hold of the, the abundance, the overflowing life of who He is today. Last week's message was from Pastor Connor was about living with a prosperity, an abundant mindset in every way in our lives. And therefore we wanna take hold of that abundance in who we are in Christ and who He is in us right now. That you're not a victim, you're a victor. You're not on the end of the after effects of something. You're right on the front end of what God wants to do. You're a breakthrough person. You're a releaser of His life. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Why? Because when you have Jesus in you, He is the overcomer. Therefore, you are an overcomer. The enemy wants to lie to you and say, look at your feelings. Look at the circumstances. Look at this, that and the other. And the Lord says, no, just keep looking at me because who you are is who I am on the inside of you. So when you acknowledge who I am, when you worship me as who I am, that's who I am on the inside of you. When you say you're the majestic one, that means I'm your majestic one on the inside of you. When you say I'm the all-powerful one, that means I am the powerful one in you. When you say you are the holy one, I am your holiness on the inside of you. Whatever you say about me, that's who I am in you. You're not a victim of lies. You're not a victim of the enemy's assaults on you. No, you're an overcomer because my Word is on the inside of you. My Spirit is on the inside of you. How many of you believe that this morning? Any amens around the room? Do you believe that today? Jesus, we praise You. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Let's exalt Him. Just tell Him how awesome, how mighty, how powerful, how wonderful He is. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. You are good, You are King, You are Lord, You are mighty, You are powerful. We thank You, Lord. We praise Your Name. We praise Your Name. Just let that, that desire for Him rise right now. You can sing, you can speak, but whatever, just let that, that hunger for Him rise up. Let that cry in your heart to know Him. It's simply Jesus. We want to know You, Jesus. Simply Jesus. Simply Jesus. We want to know You. We want You to be Lord Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Simply You, Jesus. Simply You, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. That's what it's all about. Why are we here today? One word, Jesus. Why have we given our lives to Him? Because He's Jesus. Jesus. We have a vision. We have purpose. We have stuff going on. But why? What's it all about? Jesus. We can talk about stuff in the community, things in reaching the community, seeing people give their lives to the Lord, heal the sick and all of that. But what, what's it all about? Jesus. You can have strategies for this, that and the other, but what's it all about? Jesus. We don't worship for worship's sake. We worship Jesus. We don't pray because we think prayer is powerful. We pray because Jesus is powerful.
might not know Jesus here this morning, you're thinking, this is a bit different than I thought church would be. Well, I want to say sorry to you. If you don't know Jesus, I want to apologize to you. Those Christians, we've put God in a box and we've made him religious. And it might have created all kinds of things in your mind about who God is and what Christians are like. And I want to apologize and say I'm sorry on behalf of the church when what we've put out there is not really who Jesus is. What he's done for the world, for mankind, for people, his unfailing love for people. And if you don't know Jesus here, his unfailing love for you. If how, if you've come across Christians and maybe you, it might be people in this room, maybe you've heard me talk before, any other Christian you've met and we have made you feel like you're not good enough for God. Or we're right, you're wrong. Or we've come across like we're arrogant. Or we look down on anybody. I want to say sorry, I apologise to any person in here that doesn't know Jesus. Because God doesn't look down on anyone. What he did, he came down to us because we can't reach him on our own. And God the Father, he knew I've got to come down to earth and I've got to touch. I've got to encounter. I've got to meet face to face mankind that I created and gave life and breathed life into that turned away from me. I want to go down to where He is and I want to show Him who I am and reconnect mankind with me. And that's who Jesus is, the one who came to earth to show the way back to God the Father, to have a relationship with Him, to be restored to how things are supposed to be on the earth because the Bible talks about him being the creator of heaven and earth he created all things by his word when he spoke let there be light there was light when he said let the land form it, it rose and, and form out the waters and he said separate the land over there and the seas here and he said then he spoke life and trees and plants and animals all kinds of things why because when God speaks life is released when God speaks what looks impossible takes place if you looked at the earth the Bible says it was empty and formless and it said the Spirit of God hovered over the deep but then when he spoke what looked impossible started to move started to shift started to change and what was 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 earth was formless suddenly form began life began to come out of that and the pinnacle of his creation was in out of the dust of the earth he formed man why did he do that because god's nature is love he is love and his love expresses something outward and he formed man and he says, I want, I'm going to create you in my likeness, in my image. And when he breathed into him, man came alive in relationship with him. And God wants to breathe afresh into everyone. He's probably doing that already. Breathe afresh into every one of us so that we're not breathing in something else or finding satisfaction in someone else or something else. 
He wants us to be full of His breath and His life so that He is our fulfilment. He is our satisfaction. He is the one that we depend on. He's the one that we, if we can put it this way, drink of and eat of. That there's nothing in this world that appetises us more than who He is. want to be honest with you guys these last couple of months in all that God's been doing I think I've in the natural felt one of the most driest toughest seasons I've ever been through on the inside everything feels so dry so arid so kind of just what is going on but yet at the same time This sounds like a contradiction, but at the same time, God is so tangible. When I begin to worship Him, He's so real. But yet on the inside, it feels tough, dry. I don't know how to describe that, but yet He's real. He's intimate at the same time. Because my relationship with Him is not not one of feelings. Do I feel God or not? Sometimes we do the way God reveals who He is. You just you 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 just feel Him in that. If we can put it that way, you know, just you're you're in completely in saturated with Him. Yet there's other times, and I don't, I've been going. I don't know, and just chatting with different people here. I know you've spoken to my wife Jane or me or different people saying, "Man, it's felt so tough," but yet I feel God so close at the same time. It feels like I'm having to really push through something, but yet God is right there in the middle of what, what, what seems to be so challenging. I don't know if anybody else identifies with that at all. And God has been speaking to us this year about unprecedented times, about breakthroughs in different ways, about harvest and all those phrases that He's given us and that releases faith and how then we live our lives and all of that. You know, just before breakthrough in situations, there's the most resistance just before that breakthrough. If you have something that's got a little bit of give in it and you begin to push that, initially it's all right because it's got some give in it, but it gets to the point where there's no more give in what you're pushing against. And it's that moment that seems to be the toughest. It's that moment that seems to be, is this really going to give way? Is there really going to be a release? And we know God has been doing new and fresh stuff during the year, but yet it feels like, seems like we're at that point right at this moment where it's right at that moment of something just has got to give so that there's that that torrent of release. I don't know if anybody else can identify with that. And it's at that moment, what do you do at that moment? You keep going forward, you keep pushing, you keep pressing in, you don't give up. You don't then live to your feelings because the enemy will say, look at your feelings. And it's like, no, I'm going to keep looking at him. I'm going to keep looking at what he has said. I'm going to keep holding on to that because that is that it is spirit and life to me as John 6 63 says his word is spirit and life to me and so I'm holding on to his word because I know he's real I know he's tangible I know he's right here but yet on the inside man this feels tough why because the breakthrough is not for you and I the breakthrough is not for you and I 
the breakthrough is not for you and I. Of course, that impacts our lives and massively affects us when we see breakthroughs. But the breakthrough is not for us. It's for our family members that don't know Jesus. It's for our work colleagues, our neighbours, our friends, our community, people that don't know Jesus. It's for it's to see something transformed in our society and in our culture. It's to see the tide of what we would call a, a godless society being turned. And so much is coming out in the open at the moment, being exposed as, as the tide goes back and what you can see on the beach, as it were. All the stuff and the challenges out there. And it's like God, God has called the church and we're part of that in the nation. It's called the church to be set apart. And part of that is to pray, is to be a house of worship and prayer. It's to go into the secret place and say, God, I'm going to worship you, encounter you. I'm going to be an intercessor. I'm going to stand on behalf of my community, my nation. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to stand between heaven and earth and be somebody that cries out to you to see that release of your spirit afresh in our nation. That what we're contending for is more than God giving us a bit of blessing so that our life's a bit nicer or a bit better. This is about something happening in our nation, something happening in, in this generation of time right now. When there's so much turmoil, so much confusion, so much lack of identity, so much it's stuff that's going on in so many people's lives. It can only be God that changes what is going on. Of course, we need to be up on how to communicate the gospel. How do we answer the questions that people ask us? We, we must know those things and how to have a conversation. All of those things are so, so important, but none of that will replace. None of that will accomplish what the scale of what God is speaking about that He wants to do in our nation is part of it. We need to know how to present the gospel. We need to know how to love people, serve people. We need to know how to humble ourselves. We need to know how to give people answers they're looking for or, or whatever needs to happen in a situation. But more than that, there must be a greater release of the Holy Spirit in this season of time, in this generation of time. And that's what we're contending for. That's what we're contending for. People of faith contend for something that is not seen yet, but they believe it on the inside because God has spoken. Or you might have seen something that God has revealed to you and God always announces what He's gonna do before He does it. He always speaks beforehand to those that will believe and say, yes, God, I believe. And I'm going to move towards that and I'm going to gear my life around that. I'm going to gear my marriage around that. I'm going to gear my family around that. I'm going to gear my friendships around that because you've set me apart. You've called me as an ambassador. You've called me to serve you. You've called me as one of your children on earth. You've brought me out of what I used to be in and into your life. And there are so many others you want to do the same for. I can't live another way. I can't live one in and one out because you end up having the splits and that hurts. So God's trumpet blast is coming from heaven in these days. He's saying, come on church, come on church, this one and any other church, come on church, come on, line up with me. 
get on the front foot with me. Make sure in that Elijah story, your cloak is tucked into the belt so nothing's flapping around. That when the Holy Spirit came on him, he could run without being distracted. So we want everything in our lives to be tucked into the belt of truth, into the truth of who Jesus is. Not just the knowledge of His Word, but the truth of who He is in our lives. surrender moment a fresh surrender moment this morning as a church we want to make more space to encounter Jesus we want to encounter Jesus and we've moved the, at Roffey Place the prayer room to the gatehouse which is the building as you come into the entrance on the right and there's going to be two prayer rooms in there we want to make more space for prayer the bigger room of the two we want to use for more worship and prayer worship and prayer we want to see that develop not we're not going to we're not going to set a strategy down and try and fill slots but God is already speaking to people about worship and prayer and people want to make space for that so that bigger room is going to be more worship and prayer ongoing and that will end up becoming a 24/7 prayer and worship room and everything in terms of worship going on there and and there's info this morning that you can see how you can book it and use it and all of that kind of stuff. But in this building as well, at different points in the week, we want to have times of worship, encounter going on where the building's open at certain times where to come in and just encounter God and meet with Him. There won't be somebody necessarily leading it. In that sense, there will be somebody or one or two people here who are just kind of the, the what's going on, but we want to make space to encounter Him. Because when you encounter Him, things happen. And it's not that God becomes more. There's more of God in our lives because of that. What it just means is there's a greater release of who He already is in us. When we encounter Him and He meets with us, there's more of the tangible of God that leaks through our lives, that just leaks from our lives. Why? Because we've been in His presence. What did, what did, how did Peter describe Jesus in, uh, I think it's um, Acts 10, 38. He said, Jesus was a man who went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But then he's this little line that lots of people lift out because God was with him. And God was with him because he'd been with God. He'd been with the Father. So often Jesus nipped off when he had an opportunity just to go and be with the Father. You know the story in Matthew 17 where Jesus was transfigured. Peter, James and John were up there and they, they, that freaked them out a little bit because he was literally transfigured. The glory of God came down and, and they didn't really know what to do. I wonder how many times that happened when Jesus went off on his own and spent time with the Father. Because he'd come from the glory to a place that wasn't full of God's glory. And you know when you've tasted something nothing else will satisfy 
And that's why for, for those of us in the room that have given our lives to Jesus, all of you would say, I would never want to go back to my life before I knew Him. Why? Because you've tasted of something that you, that, that I, I can't go back to that. I never want to go back because I know God is good. I know who He is. I know He's real and what He's done in my life. There's no way I can go back because He is my life. He is my love. He is my salvation. He's the one that's given me a new start, a totally new life. And He's done so much for me and in me. I can't go back to that. I've tasted of something. And as we pursue Him and go after Him, that taste and hunger grows. It grows. You know, when you eat natural food, after a while I've had enough, I can't eat anymore. But what happens when you taste of Him? It creates a hunger that says, Oh God, I want to know You more. I want more of the taste and the flavour of who You are in me. That You shape everything in me and around me. Let's be a church that goes after Jesus. Let's be a people that just go after Him. Let's be relentless in our pursuit of Him in, a way, in the same way that He is relentless in the way He gives and blesses and sows into our lives. Your life is a field. Your life is a field. Paul the Apostle talks about fields. And he's, this is the field that God has given me. And he says about others, they're the fields that God has given them to work in. And, every, and our life is a field. Uh, and what does God do? He works in the soil of that field, which is our hearts. And God is constantly sowing seed, constantly sowing His Word, constantly sowing into the, the soil of our lives, the heart of our lives. Why? Because the seed produces fruit. The fruit is a harvest of righteousness. It's a harvest of who He is, His nature, His character on the inside of us. So some of what He does with His Word, He sows His Word into you and I. He sows His Word into our lives because He wants to produce His life, His nature, His character. He wants there to be a harvest of His righteousness in us and then through our lives. And then in that field that He's made us, He wants to produce a harvest through us. And He looks at every one of us. He's called us, appointed us, as it says in John 15. I've appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that remains. You're appointed by Him. And He does everything in us to make it possible for that fruit to come into being. We don't even have to try and make it happen. It's amazing. Starts with Jesus, continues with Jesus and finishes with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Some might say this morning, you're a bit nuts this morning. That's okay. I'd rather be nuts all about Jesus than try and fit into a box that people can say, I can, I can get that. I can, I can measure you off now. I can put you in a box over there because I've, we want to, where else does the Bible say that where the Holy Spirit is, it's like a wind that blows and you, and you can't tell which way the wind is going to blow. So is He. So are those who are full of the Spirit of God. They blow this way and that way. It doesn't mean we're crazy. It doesn't mean we're stupid. It doesn't mean we throw our brains out. But what it means is, Holy Spirit, I want you to lead what belongs to you. What Jesus paid the price for and has purchased. I, I want you to lead what belongs to you, Holy Spirit. Lead me step by step. Lead this living temple, this living stone. Live what, but lead what belongs to you so that I don't try and lead it myself. 
That's what that means. It doesn't mean people who are full of the Spirit are crazy, nuts, stupid. It means as we walk with Him, He can say, hey, I just need you to come into the prayer room for a few minutes because I just want to be with you. And I just want you to be with me. He might say, just switch the telly off for a minute or just put that book down for a minute or just wait and have dinner in 20 minutes time. I just want you to come and be with me. I want to be with you. It might be that he says, hey, just take a few minutes. You know, the guy you were talking to at work today, I just want you to come and be with me for, and I want you to pray for him because I want to download something in my heart towards him. I want you to pray for him or her or them or whoever it is. It might be that you're doing something, you get a nudge to ring somebody, to text somebody, to get in touch for whatever reason. And you just know now that I've just got to call them and say, hey, can I, I just want to encourage you. Or hey, I just want to say sorry about something. Or hey, do you want to meet for a coffee? Because I just want to spend some time with you. I don't know, whatever it might be. We want to be available. We want to be led by Him. We want to be a church that is led by Him. How many of you want to be led by Him? We all do, I'm sure. Jesus. Jesus. I had loads of scriptures for this morning. I was just going to read you loads of scriptures about Him being the Creator, Him being our Father, Him being love, and then Him being holy. Because as we live a next steps life, what is a next steps life? It's just walking with Jesus. That's what it is. It's not some fancy kind of cool statement. Living a next steps life as a worshipper is simply walking with Jesus. Jesus, you're in me and you want to walk in this body in certain ways and so I want to walk with you and walk out this relationship with you in the way that you want it to be lived out and I thank you that you've put your Holy Spirit in me to enable me to walk and to live out the life that you've called me and appointed me and set me apart to live so let's all just stand stand together for a minute I hopefully you're receiving or you're meeting with the Lord or whatever is going on in you this morning. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. We need you. Maybe your first response this morning is, Holy Spirit, I want you to take over. I just want to submit afresh to you. Take over, Holy Spirit. Take over, Holy Spirit. The enemy at this moment is going to point to how you feel. Well, I've not been like he's been talking about. I don't feel like I'm on fire or I'm really here. Yeah, everything's going great. Just just kick the devil in the teeth. Just shut those lies down right now that says you're not where you need to be with God. You're not good enough for God. You're not spiritual. They're all lies from the enemy. They're lies. Don't listen to those lies. Don't look at your performance. Don't look at how, you know, and say, well, God can't do this because of this, that and the other. The enemy always points to performance. What does God do? He points to sonship. He points to the accomplished work on the cross. He, he points to everything of who He is in us. 
that's what he is always pointing, saying, no, look at me in you. Look at who you are in me. That's what he's pointing to. And when we look at him, it lifts our heads. It lifts us up. And, and the first thing is, God, I don't deserve you. You're so amazing. You're so merciful towards me, so gracious. And he says, yeah, and I want you to live in the goodness of that, in the fullness of that, of who I am in you. The enemy wants to say, regret this and regret that and regret the other. No, that's rubbish. That's, oh, we don't regret stuff because that's been dealt with. It's been sorted out. We don't live in regret of the past. There's a clean break from that. Maybe if there's anybody today, you need to say, well, I haven't cut that off. Maybe this morning, just draw a line wherever you are this morning. Draw a line and say, Father, I thank you that I'm here today. I draw a line this morning and I want to step over the other side of that line and say, Holy Spirit, would you take over? Would you come and be Lord in a fresh way? Maybe all of us need to do that. Draw a line wherever you are, whatever's been going on. I'm going to do it now myself. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you've been doing at this point in my life, this year and over the summer, what you've been saying, what you've been doing and all the stuff that's been happening. And I just draw a line and I choose this morning to step over that line into a greater revelation of You, into a greater walk with You, into a fresh release of Your Spirit and Your life on the inside. I choose to step over that line and go after You in a fresh way. I thank You that I've tasted something of You that nothing else will satisfy. And I want to continue to drink of You, to eat of You, pursue You, Jesus. And wherever that leads and whatever that means, Because Jesus will lead us to people because that's one of the things He does. He leads us to people that need Him. And sometimes that will be somebody who knows God, but they need somebody at that moment to help them connect with God for whatever reason. Sometimes that will be with people that don't know Jesus. And that might be the first time they connect with somebody who's a Christian who can say, hey, whatever they need to say about whatever's going on, Father, we thank You for who You are. We praise Your mighty Name. We praise Your mighty Name. I know this has been a bit different this morning. But God's more interested in how we live in relationship with Him than He is about having a bit of worship, a bit, few announcements, offering and a preach. He's more interested in connecting with us, meeting with us. And that we leave the building. Well, firstly, after we finish, we connect with one another in a different way. But when we leave the building, we go away with, God, you're awesome. God, there's a, rever there's a fresh reverence. I want to live in honour of you. I want to live the way you this way. I don't want to say stuff that's not out of line with you. I want to say things that are in line with you. I don't want to behave this week in a way that dishonours you because you're with me all the time. I want to live in a way that honours you. I want to relate in a way that honours you. And, and, and if we walk away from this morning saying, God, you're awesome, that's better than saying, well, that was a great preach. He did well, didn't he? Or the way they led worship, they were brilliant today. away saying, God, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You're amazing. And what happens when we leave, when we've gathered together, whether on a Sunday in a small group or whatever context, when we leave like that, what happens? We, we start leaking. 
we start leaking. We start leaking. We start leaking. We can't help it. We start leaking because you've overdosed. You, 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 you're full. You're overflowing in that sense. You start leaking, God. You start leaking love. You start leaking grace. You start leaking forgiveness. You, like, you start leaking love. You start leaking mercy. You start leaking whatever needs to leak at that moment in the city. Why? Because you've encountered Him. You've met with Him. There's something of the reality, the tangible reality of who He is that you've met with. And you say, God, you're so real. You're more real than everything around me that I have to relate to it in a different way so I don't come under it but I live over it because you're more real than what I see because I know that one day the world is going to fade away everything's going to end and you're going to create a new heaven and a new earth so there's another reality that I want to live and I want to live in your reality and I want to live in the reality of that now in the earth on the earth and in this culture in a way that brings the tangible life of who you are into other people's worlds that they're not even aware of. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.